Good evening, everybody. We are here with a Q&A, April the 22nd. God bless you all. It's been a roller coaster ride. All of you are listening from different nations. You know what I mean. But it's been good. God has been awesome. God has been awesome. Through it all, God has been awesome. See, as we go through this, we only understand what the depth of the meaning of what Apostle Paul said, for us to live or die is gain. gain. You see, when you come to Christ and you surrender to Christ, there is no loss. <laughs> there is only gain. And we just thank God. We just thank God. We just thank God. So this evening, before we go into the questions, we'll look to the Lord. Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We just want to once again thank you, praise you, worship you, Lord. This evening, we commit ourselves here, those who are present, all those who are listening online, and we pray your hand would be there upon everyone, Lord. Everyone. The hand of God. Those who are in the ICU, in the hospitals, in the home, those who are sick, those who are weak, those who are strong. Everyone of us, Lord, we need a touch from you this evening. Touch us. Strengthen us and use us for your glory, Father. We surrender ourselves once again as living sacrifice on that altar, Father. We are yours. Even this hour, let somebody be edified, strengthened, healed, delivered. For, Lord, your word will never go void. Always achieves the purpose for which it has been sent forth. So we commit ourselves also into thy hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. <coughs> So let me, shall we look at question number three, Pastor? Question, question number three. It's from last time. <clears throat> it says, uh, is it possible that the closest any kingdom on earth ever came to being under the will of God is Israel during the reign of David? Through Adam's fall, Satan secured for himself much, himself much of the limited authority that God had originally given to Adam. So is it possible that during the time of David? Okay, we will go from, from the bottom up. First, what God gave man was not limited authority. Honored it absolutely. If you, if you look at Genesis chapter 1 and 2, it was almost absolute Absolute authority. Hmm. Almost. I mean, God is at the top. Okay, it's like Pharaoh saying, only the throne is above Joseph. Everything else is in Joseph's hands. Anything you need, go and ask him. So Adam was given that kind of authority that God didn't even name anything. Adam was told to name everything. So that naming is an ex exercise of authority. And uh, practically everything was earth was given to Adam and Eve. They were supposed to rule that. But God was God is always sovereign in, over everything. Other than that, the authority was given. Then in chapter 3, we see the deception taking place. They swallow the lie. And after that, the authority passes on to Satan. Hmm. Now, Satan doesn't come directly. The Bible says the whole world lies under the sway Straight of the way. wicked one. That hmm. does not mean Satan directly rules. That is not going to happen until the Antichrist hmm. comes. That is when Satan actually rules earth. He will be manifested in a person. where he will. He's called the son of perdition, the man of sin, the man of lawlessness. There are many Antichrists, but the Antichrist is coming. And that is the sea of 6,000 
or let us say 7,000 years of man on this earth. Saturn is given only seven years. When he is in control. Mm. He's only given seven years. Okay, please understand. He's not given more than that. He's only given seven years where he will actually rule through that man who will, through whom he will manifest. But how does he rule? How does the world lie under the sway of the wicked one? He rules through men and women. Mm. Okay, you need to realize, um, ruling takes through ideas and ideas are implemented and through flesh. Okay, this is how he rules. Okay, we have a body, I have a body. In my body is my flesh and in my body is my mind. Actually, these two things are the ones which rule. If I'm very fleshly, I don't want to, to do anything. I just want to sleep, I eat and sleep. Then my flesh is ruling. Mm-hmm. And it affects everyone who is connected to me. Or I'm not eating or I'm not sleeping. But I'm thinking so many different things. And I bring it to pass. Then <coughs> the mind is ruling. So either way, carnal mind. See, you need. That's how the devil rules this whole world. The whole world is ruled primarily from the beginning. <coughs> you see, Adam and Eve chucked out two sons. And then he, he controls the narrative through one son he is able to control. He is able to control Cain. So using Cain, he kills Abel. Okay, And you see that happening. By the time ten generations are up, God has to wipe humanity out. Because he says every thought, every imagination is evil. So evil men become Satan's, what we call, hands and feet feet on earth. He rules through them. Mm -hmm. He lives vicariously. And righteous men become the hands and feet of God. That those who walk by faith. That's why faith is mentioned in whole of Hebrews 11. Because Abel then is, God is living through, Christ is living through Abel. He's living through Enoch. He's living through uh, Noah and Abraham and all. But much of the world population or almost 99.99% is under the sway of the wicked one if you look through the times. Mm-hmm. So that is how it happens. Then we know the dispensation comes. The nation is brought out. Israel is brought out. God is now focusing on one man, one family, one nation. The nation of Israel. They come out of Egypt. The first generation wanders. The devil works havoc with them through fear and deception and discouragement, they also are not. So you need to realize one generation just wandered away because they listened to the lies of the devil mm. and not what God said. So he He rules their hearts and minds too. Though they are not unsaved except those who rebelled, but they are not able to possess what God had for them. Second generation gets even there if you realize he messes. One entire household is gone. Akan's household is gone. 36 others die. Okay, that is the only death of Israelites mentioned mm, in the book promised, of Joshua. So thirty-six, if they were, if they were married men, then there are thirty-six widows over there. So you see, and then the deception of the Gibeonites. Other than that, you don't see anything in the book of Joshua. Then comes Saul. It is a mess again. Devil uses a carnal man because it was out of time, out of place. The people asked for it. And God gave it. You need to realize. See, this is what happens. God has given us free will. And if you push, you will get what you want. You can put the name of God and crown it also. Okay. He was crowned also. (laughs) Saul was crowned also. But the damage he does, it will take ages to fix it. 
I mean, honestly, it is never fixed. Absolutely, you know, it's never fixed. The damage he creates because you know, it's like a mar- It's not. It's it's like a, a baton race. The one who starts and the one who finishes really matter. So if you get a very bad start, see, this is what my father used to always say, and our teachers also used to say. When you're sitting in the exam, you don't have to go by chronological order. Yeah. Okay. You first. They don't let you write for the first 10 minutes. That's when you are supposed to read the question paper. And as you go through the question paper, mark the ones you know very well. Finish that off fast. If you go by order, sometimes the first question is so difficult that you spend 30 minutes on that first question. Then by the time you come to, you realize you run out of time. Mm. Because so, see the one who begins first. If he was, if that is why it was out of time. Imagine how the history of Israel would have been different if David had been the first king mm. instead of the second king. Mm. The havoc the first one did in David's life and all the mess that happened. So you need to realize it didn't happen during Saul's life. Then when you talk about it, see, <laughs> it's a, when you talk about the closest any kingdom on earth came to being under the will of God, the first question you need to ask yourself is, what is the will of God? For Israel, what is the will of God? You can talk about the will of God in terms of prosperity, or you can talk about the will of God in terms of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are talking about prosperity, it happened under Solomon. If you talk about righteousness, it never didn't happen under any, any king. Yes, any king, mm-hmm. because people were not interested. Absolutely, okay. People were not interested. They were supposed to be the light of the Gentiles. Yeah, yeah. They, they were never. Okay, mm-hmm. David's time there was righteousness. Solomon's time for a season there was righteousness. Then there is Jehoshaphat. There is Uzziah. Josiah. He went down. Then Josiah. Josiah. There was hardly anybody. You need to realize. So that's what I said. If you want to look at in terms of the will of God, in terms of what you call. Um, Material promises he made. I think it's First Kings six twenty five. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Solomon's so. Solomon's six twenty five. First Kings no 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 no. no. Yeah, First Kings four twenty five. Not six four twenty five. Hmm. Okay. And Judah and Israel dwelt safely, each man under his wine and his fig tree. Yeah, it's blinking, okay? The screen, the screen is okay, blinking. That's fine. I can see there. Mm. Under his wine and under his fig tree, from Dan as far as Beersheba, all the days of Solomon. So if you want to look in terms of the will of God for them in terms of security, peace, and prosperity, it happened during Solomon's reign. Yeah, during Solomon's reign. Okay, it didn't happen during David's reign. David, David caused it to happen. Because you don't see Solomon actually fighting wars. Mm. Because David bought, fought all the wars for him, defeated all the enemies and brought peace. Okay, So Solomon is a man of peace. But you cannot have peace unless there is war. So somebody fought the war, like we used to say today. They gave their tomorrows so that we could have our todays. They mm. gave their lives. Okay, So that's why everywhere country soldiers are respected. Because they are out there risking their lives so that we could be free. And the same thing. David fought the wars. He defeated the enemies of Israel. And then when Solomon came in, the country was very secure, peaceful. And then Solomon, under Solomon's reign, it prospered. It really, really prospered. So if you want to look at the zenith of it, 
Because I know you should need to realize, even if you want to take in terms of worship, David was a worshiper, the true worshiper, but the ark of the, the, the covenant was secure. And then after that, towards some part of his reign, they start. First, they, he, he falls spiritually. See, a nation does not fall, uh, materially first. A nation falls spiritually first. Okay, like, you know, that's what. America didn't fall materially in one day. Now, um, people are living, uh, there is a food shortage. They're offering them food on credit cards. You need to understand. But how did they reach there? It didn't happen in one day. It did not happen because their economy collapsed. See, the economy may not collapse in one year or ten years. That is a result of something else collapsing. You know, something else collapsing. And what collapses is your spiritual moral foundation. Your spiritual foundation collapses. The result will be seen only much later. Sometimes it doesn't even see because people confuse themselves because suddenly uh, you take a very carnal decision and you actually prosper materially. See, Solomon prospered so that he did not realize spiritually. By the time he realized, it's the book of Ecclesiastes. But why didn't he realize earlier? Because he was not at war. Mm. If he had been at war and had been defeated a few times or he would have been back against the wall like Jehoshaphat and all, they would have come to their senses. But everything is peaceful, prosperous. So automatically you think you are under the will of God. So you have a license to do whatever you want to do. By the time you wake up and you realize the time is up. Time is up. Now you are getting ready. All I can tell you is fear God and do But You are a miserable, broken old man. Okay, and after that, the nation actually never recovers. It never recovers. Israel goes down in history. Literally goes down in history. Israel never re- It's always there only because of God's covenant with his people. And it's the only the covenant that is holding Israel. Even today, Israel is the most divided nation. Most all the enemies of Israel. During Trump's four years, we thought things had changed. Jerusalem became capital. Nobody could say anything. He made the Abraham Accord, Israel, Saudi Arabia, UAE. All these things were happening. And then Biden came in. Things have changed completely. And the Ukrainian hawks war took started. And now Saudi Arabia and Iran and China and Russia, they're all coming together. So what happens to Israel? So we need to realize Israel has never truly, truly, truly prospered if you look after the time of Solomon. The reason is because, you see, the same thing is true about us too. Because we are covenanted people. We are not like the people in the world. We are covenanted people. So we have to keep the terms of the the covenant. covenant. When we don't keep the terms of the covenant, the devil will fool us and give us prosperity because when we don't keep it, we are bowing to him. So the devil does not, doesn't care what you worship as long as you don't worship God. Because if you don't worship God, whatever you worship, you're worshiping him. He will receive the worship. It doesn't matter if it's through music or books or social media or career, whatever it, you worship it, he receives the worship. Hmm. That's why God said, He's seeking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. You should, Jesus said, only God you should worship and him alone you should serve. The devil doesn't say that. He doesn't come and say, worship me. That only, I mean, if you look at the world, there are only a few people 
in, in terms of numbers who actually worship him, the demonic, the Baal, the Baphomet worshippers, Satan worshippers. But most people are worshipping Satan without knowing they are worshipping Satan. Mm. So, and God doesn't receive the worship. And man was created so that we would worship him and enjoy him forever. So that's basically ha what happens over there. So it can, you have to look at these questions and this, this examples in, in the Bible to know that it is relevant to us even at as a personal level. It does not matter how well you are prospering in every field of your life if you are not prospering in your soul. Your soul matters. Your soul, your soul starts prospering. When the Bible talks of the prosperity of the soul, that means it is starting to receive from the spirit. The soul has been transformed. Do not be conformed according to the pattern of the world, but the renewed mind, the mind is the most important part of your soul. There's a will there, but the will to make a decision, the soul has to say, this is what you need to do. And the emotions need to fall. So your soul is there. And the soul's major part is the mind. So the soul is there. If you go to, you know, 1 John, you know, where, one, uh, third, John, John. third John, uh, verse 2. Okay. Third John, verse 2. Hmm. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. How? Just as your soul prospers. Okay. The thing you, under Solomon, they prospered in all things and they were in good health with the soul deteriorating. Except the soul. Hmm. Except the soul. And that's what happened to the first generation also. If you go at Psalm 106 and verse 15, right? Okay. I would like, yeah. like KJV would, would, would yeah, probably it's, it's put it, put, yeah, yeah, exactly. He gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Their soul just deteriorate. Soul deteriorated. And that's why they just wandered. And as Christians, we can't be wandering. We can't be wandering. You need to realize Christians are wandering. Okay. And but they will all come and say, God answered my prayer. Or they will they will say that was the answer to their prayer. But he gave them their request. What was their request? It was all carnal. It was not spiritual. They never asked anything spiritual. You look at the requests of the children of Israel. They never asked anything spiritual. They were always asking for things which was connected with this life. And they didn't have to. If God brought you out of Egypt and God threw you the Red Sea and you are in the wilderness, if you did all these things, what are you complaining about water? If you could split the Red Sea and make you cross on dry ground and you saw all of it, can't you trust him? Hmm. Can't you trust him? Can't you trust him for food? But they didn't. And then they were disliked. So you need to realize, this is which, which we need to understand. So we need to understand, have a very, very balanced view of uh, what actual prosperity is. Mm. Prosperity is the prosperity of the soul. Salvation is the salvation of the soul, our inner man. That's fun, First Peter 1.10, if I'm right. Having the, uh, the end of physical yeah, salvation. End, of you, yeah, yes. Uh, uh, nine, verse nine, maybe. Yeah, nine. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, receiving, okay. receiving the end of your faith. What is that? Salvation. The salvation of your souls. The end of our faith. So we have to see that Israel reached its zenith, materially speaking, spiritually speaking, all that put together, and during the times, 
when Solomon had his head on his shoulders, mm. then he lost his head. And the kingdom went along with that. The kingdom divided, became two nations, Israel and Judah. Idolatry was brought in by Jeroboam. And he put up two cows over there, at Dan and Beersheba, and the nation went down. In between, there were revivals. There were revivals. There were revivals. But revivals never lasted. See, this, this is the problem. The revivals won't last because uh, the rot had set in. Mm. Yes. Rot had set in. The same thing like, you know, The church also. See, the church has to see itself. The church's destiny is not on earth. Church's destiny is with God. So we just have a work to do. Finish your work. Pack your bags and go. You don't have to pack your bags because you won't take your bags. <laughs> just get ready to go. Okay. But when the church becomes, that's what the prosperity gospel has done. Not that per se everything they teach is wrong. I desire of all things, you prosper in all things. That is the standard statement of the prosperity gospel. But their prosperity is at the cost of your soul. Mm. Cost of your soul. Because see, prosperity in itself is not bad. But the problem with prosperity is this, like Solomon. No, The, pro the problem with prosperity is this. Why did Solomon fall apart so easily? You see, it's it's wars that make you strong. Mm. He was not a warrior. He's not a warrior. He never faced the trials and the testings to make you strong. Okay, when Bible says in James chapter one and chapter one verse two and three, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Okay, exceedingly um, glad when you. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Okay, various trials. But we don't see that. <laughs> we don't see this as truth. We are always trying to avoid trials. Mm -hmm. The Bible says don't avoid trials. <laughs> because it's trials that makes your faith grow stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. That's how Joshua progressed. In Joshua's chapter 1, God is speaking to a man who's very fearful. By the time you come to Joshua chapter 5, 6, he is all pumped up. But he doesn't realize. Faith means dependence upon God. Faith does not mean dependent upon an experience. Because an experience may not be replicated. Mm. The next experience may be completely different. So you need to hear from God. And he didn't, he didn't ask God. So this chapter 7, you have a defeat. But chapter 8, you have again victory. By the time you come to chapter 10, it's a different Joshua altogether. Mm. Now his soul pumped up. He says, sun stop, moon stop, because I have a work to finish. And God listened to a man like never before. And God fought with them. And that was the, that was the, literally the end of the Canaanites. They finished them all off. So how did he reach from there? Because of the trials. So the defeat in itself was not bad. <coughs> The defeat was bad because he realized you cannot fight any fight. Doesn't matter how experienced you have become, how strong you have become. Faith means dependence upon God. Your whole weight is on God. That's where he made the mistake in chapter 7 where he said, ah, it's a small town. Just take 3,000 people. No. 
Nothing is a small thing. And this is, I'm telling you, when people go out into ministry, maybe it's a small church that called you. And you're going from a big church, and it's, ah, it's a small church, I don't need to prepare like before. You don't realize this battle is spiritual. You will go there, accomplish nothing, and come back, because you took it for granted. Oh, it's a small church. But if it was a big mega church that called you, you would probably would be all prepared <laughs> and going and all that. And then you go over there and you realize you didn't have to prepare anything. Some of the big, I'm not saying mega church, I'm talking about some of the big churches. When you go over there, you will realize you don't have to do anything. It's so easy. Why? Because they are absolutely prayed up. And the atmosphere is like open heavens. And you just Walk in and say, Woo, what's happening over here? This message I preached there, I preached there, I preached there. What is happening over here? You realize it's got nothing to do with you. And it had never had anything to do with you. It had to do with God. You know? So sometimes something, you go place over there, you prepare, you do everything, go, nothing happens over there. Don't get upset. Because it has got nothing to do with you. It's got to do with the atmosphere. Which has been blocked. Sometimes even Jesus could not do anything in Nazareth. Mm. Why? Because of the atmosphere, the unbelief of the people strengthened her spiritual realm, a demonic realm. Jesus couldn't do anything. Because he's not going to cut through the will of man and do something. He says, no, I gave you the freedom to choose. So that's how it works. So when we are talking about prosperity, when you are talking about first, mm. we need to understand what is the will of God. The will of God for Israel was, of course, Solomon's time is when people from far away, Kuna, Sheba, all came to see his wisdom and his prosperity. And they said, woo, what we heard and what we see, there's no comparison at all. So it reaches its zenith in during Solomon's time. And then during his reign itself, it falls apart. David, but if David, you you don't see, you have to see David in isolation. Mm. Why people confuse David is that David's time, the kingdom didn't reach Zenith. Mm. For all the kings of Israel and Judah, one king reached the Zenith in his personal worship of God. Mm. That is David. So God will always say there was nobody like my servant David. My servant. Comparison. No? If you, when God is comparing, he's not comparing prosperity. Yes. He's comparing spiritual state, spiritual state, yes. the loyalty, the love, mm. the faithfulness. So that way there was no king like David. Prosperity, what God wanted Israel to become, so that all the nations would know this is God's people. That happened during Solomon. So that's how you have to see that. Sometimes people confuse David with David's reign. I mean, think about it. If David, people were so crazy about David, and how would they go to Absalom? <laughs> Think about it. How could they go to that fake fellow and throw the king out? And uh, they don't even go with David. Most of the people stayed back with Absalom. Only few loyal ones. So you need to realize <coughs> if God hadn't heard David's prayer, Absalom would have won. He just prayed a simple prayer. Lord, turn the wisdom of Ahitophel into foolishness. And God heard it. And uh, Absalom did not listen to Ahitophel's counsel. You know? So that's how it works. So don't confuse one with the other. Okay. Personally, among the kings of Israel and Judah, spiritually speaking, the one who reaches the zenith closest to God, understanding God. And that's why we have all those Psalms, is David. But when it comes to, mm. a, as a nation, it is Solomon. 
Yes. Pastor, uh, there's another question which I think uh, I should again uh, look at. This is con- uh, concerned with deliverance. This is question number two, Sam. Uh, it says, um, uh, are demons Satan's agents on earth? Uh, in Matthew chapter 12, uh, this is uh, talking about the unclean spirit mm-hmm. being driven out of man. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you explain this a little? Everyone has their own interpretation. <clears throat> what does it mean when the unclean spirit... See, is... when it comes to Satan, <coughs> say, let's go to, go to Ephesians. Ephesians Genesis. chapter 6. Okay. And... Uh, Words 12. Okay. Okay. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That is human beings. But now there's an order is given. There are principalities. There are powers. There are rulers. And there are spiritual hosts of wickedness. Host means innumerable ones. So there's an order. So the order begins. Satan is at the top of the spectrum. He is the king of the demonic. Under him there are princes. Like now, uh, next month, another fake is going to become king. All these people have technically, we don't realize, actually renounced their faith and all, and now they are going to be sovereign of all faiths and all that. So they are, they are fakes. He's going to be coronated king. Charles III is going to become king. Okay? But before he became king, he was a prince. He was called Prince Charles. Okay? Prince William. Okay, Prince Charles, Prince William. So, uh, when you're talking about a prince, you will have another title of the Duke of Edinburgh. Yes. So, Edinburgh, it's a dukedom. Dukedom. Okay. And that dukedom, he's the duke of it. So, under the king, there were many dukes. Okay. The dukes were basically princes. Okay. So, there is a king or an emperor. You want to put it a king or an emperor. It's called an empire or it's called a kingdom. Empire would have been many kingdoms yes. because Nebuchadnezzar conquered many kingdoms he and he had 126 <coughs> provinces Provinces. from India onwards. Onwards. So, so, king. so you have a king or you have an emperor and then you have princes under him. That is called principality. The area, like India is a principality. So there is the prince of India. There is the prince of Persia. Remember, the prince of Persia opposed me. Michael <coughs> is the archangel on God's side, archangel For in charge of Israel. Mm. We don't know who is in charge of India, but there is a, on God's side, there is an archangel in charge of India too. Okay, so there are principalities. Then, like if you want to talk about after that, then there are powers. We have state chief ministers. Okay, states are there. There are powers, okay? So, then there are rulers, there are districts, okay? And head of each district is a collector, districts. Then you have spiritual hosts of wickedness. Then down to every gully to the, what you call it, ward member. See, you see this structure is always there. God's kingdom had a structure. Devil imitate, copied that structure. And author also, there is a structure. Without that structure, you cannot have a government. Mm. Government has a structure. So that's what it is talking about. This. The devil has a structure. And it's a very unified structure. God says, Jesus says, the devil's kingdom is not divided. Mm. It's a very unified structure. <coughs> okay. And then, when you come to that, uh, uh, let's go to my, that portion that I was given. Matthew 12, right? Yeah, Matthew 12, verse, verse 43 and 40, 45. When the unclean spirit is driven out of a man. 
Okay. You know, I want to go to the Gadarenes, the man at... That is Matthew 8, uh, 9. Matthew 9. Or Mark 5. Mark 5. There's one particular thing which I wanted to look at it. So we understand how it works. Mark 5. Hmm? Yeah, verse 10. Mark 5, verse 10. Chapter 5, verse 10. Okay. Now, 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 uh, let us look at this. Okay. Mm. We will read words 9 and 10. 9 and 10. Okay. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. These are hosts of wickedness. These are the demons, the small ones. One whole battalion is in one man. Legion is a battalion. Roman battalion is in this man. And then he said something. He begged him earnestly that he would not send them out, out of, of the, the country. country. Now you need to realize this is how it works. Even now it works. Now we are here in the church office. It's under Alwal BS. My house is at Bhavanpalli, which is under Bhavanpalli PS. Police station. The police station. Okay. So the Bhavanpalli police cannot come and arrest me here without going to Alwal PS. Because that's a line demarcation limits. Limits. So this dude has been given an area. And he does not want to be sent out of that area because the other fellows there will kick him. <laughs> Don't come into our area. That's why he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out. So don't ever think the devil's this thing is. Okay. So it's yeah. it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. People get confused. People get confused. It's a, it's because uh these demonic names are just identities. We'll use Roman. Roman case for political characters. Okay. You have a Roman goddess called Minerva. Minerva. Or you have a Egyptian goddess called Isis. Or Seth. God called Seth. Or Ra. Okay. Or Baal. Now, if you need to realize is that Baal it is, is just a nomenclature. Yes, Baal is given to a bunch of bunch. So hmm. Baal, Baal's counterpart in India, his name will be different. He will not be Baal. Hmm. Okay. When Baal goes from the Middle East to US, his name becomes Baphomet. Hmm. Okay. You need to understand. They are all the same nature. They are of the same nature. But when they go into different regions, they take the same nature, but different names. So if you go into Gentile cultures, if you really study Gentile cultures and look into their gods, and then you will realize, that god is here too. Only his name is different. Okay, like you look at Scandinavia, because, because Hollywood has popularized all these demons. Yes, yes. No, the great god Thor. Pan, Thor. Thor. Thor is Scandinavian. Mm. Scandinavian. He fights with a hammer. I read Thor when I was in class 5. Hollywood discovered him only long. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I know all these idiots. I know all of them. The Egyptian one, the Scandinavian one, the Greek ones. And they're all manifesting now. They're all coming out now. So people do not understand what is happening now in the Western world, especially in the US. What is happening is these demons are rising again. They have been put down under the feet of Christianity. Now Christianity has been compromised. These gods are rising. Our people are outwardly claiming they are Christians. They are not Christians. Mm. 
please don't misunderstand these people are not christians so you see these uh, homosexual movement transgender movements and you will see they have their parallel gods all in the ancient cultures those gods are rising the gods are rising so we need to understand what is actually happening and then you will see now let me tell you, you know that's why they hate me online because i tell them what exactly is happening see the the young ones who are out on the roads sad ones with pink hair and all this thing fighting for transgender this thing trans right is human rights and and you look at this and how did these kids become like this i'll tell you how they become like that these are children as children they were taken to the lodge they were taken into the lodge and they have been programmed and these demons have been put into them you can't do nothing with them until they are delivered because they believe what they are they believe what they are it's their identity is what they so when they're talking mm-hmm. about their identity they are talking mm-hmm. demonic language yes, exactly. that's their identity mm-hmm. the demonic they have been programmed they have been split altars have been created <laughs> and these altars have these identities mm-hmm. and they are extremely violent Lent. people will say why are they so violent but demons are violent yes demons are not gentle demons are violent you you this, this battle is spiritual and the church has been completely blindsided because people do not realize pastors 99% of the pastors don't realize you cannot cast these demons out because these are all the personalities and each personality has demons but what is manifesting is a personality, personality. they call it multiple personality disorder but it is a psychiatric term they psychiatrists can't do anything with them what do they give them they give you antidepressants and make you this thing but you can't give these kids antidepressants but they're all on antidepressants why is prozac the most sold medication in us why are everybody depressed because this is what has happened to them so you can, this is the last days absolutely brilliant strategy of the enemy because the pastors will stare their heads out and try to cast it out and you cannot cast a personality out because that personality is not demon the personality is the personality of the real person but it is demonic and they don't know what to do with it and they are very sure very strong very violent and they are out on the streets they don't care and that's how they you, you see but in this case this is not what is happening here these are the demons in a man with only one personality so you come further down he big begged him earnestly that he would not send them out now a large herd of swine was feeding there near so all the demons begged him say send us to the swine that we may enter them okay yeah and at once jesus gave them the permission the unclean spirits went out entered the swine and there were 2000 and the herd ran wildly down the steep place into the sea drowned into the era and into the sea and those who fed the swine fled and they told in the city in the country they went out to see what it had happened and they came to jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed and had the legion sitting close in his right how come here only one personality it had multiple but had only one personality but there were multiple demons in it that's not what is happening now what's happening now you have people with multiple personalities, personalities and multiple demons. demons so even if you manage to cast out demons from one personality all the other personalities will sit there quiet <laughs> after the pastors go on the others are still having their reign <coughs> so you are not delivering a person 
unless you know how to do it, you cannot deliver a person. So that's a master stroke and that is happening now all around the world. That's why what is exponentially increasing in the, in the countries and the cities, lodges are increasing. When we came here to Hyderabad, there was only one lord. The other had shut down. There was Goshenbad. one at Goshen Mahal had kind of shut down and there was only at Sekandrabad. Now Goshen Mahal was refurbished and open. Now there are 23, 25 of them. And they're all going there in the night. People are going there in the night. They're drinking blood. Young people are there. IT professionals are there. Doctors are there. Engineers are there. Pastors are there. Everybody is going and getting their demons in because they don't care where they get their success and power from. I'm telling it openly. And they hate me for that. That's why I say many of them are pastors by day and masters by night. And it's the truth. And people sit in those churches and they have no clue what is happening. No clue what is happening. Then look at them. That is what the Bible says. The devil will fool them with signs and wonder. This is, what is it called? Lying, Lying signs. Sense Where do they get their power from? Where do they get their power from? Because if you look at the doctrine, the doctrine is false. But there is power there. Where did they get their power from? God will not give power to false doctrine. No, he gives power to right doctrine. It's because the word is being confirmed. But the doctrine is wrong. The word is wrong. But there is a tremendous power and they flock in in their tens and thousands. And they come in over there because every day it is a power ministry. Where did they get their power from? How, did they, how are they sustaining their power? Sustaining their power from some other place. So pastors are there. Other religions, leaders are all going there because they realize this is the easiest way to get it. And that's what's happening. So you need to realize the satanic influence in the current world is unlike never before. The only comparison is to Noah's days. Only comparison is to Noah's days. And that's what's happening now. So when they're talking about it, how does the devil come? No, yes, the demons are there. The demons are. So I don't even believe these people, many of them who do this exorcism kind of stuff. I don't believe in them. Because you can ask one fellow to leave and put another fellow in. That's basically what happens. They're not being set free. They're not being delivered. They're not being delivered. You see, this is you have to come to your right mind. There are three things which you will find about this man. One, Jesus tells first he's sitting. He's not running around. Mm. Sitting. Sitting is a position of rest. rest. We are seated in Christ Jesus. The first thing you see is he's seated. seated. Second thing you see, he's closed. Mm. He's closed. He's absolutely sure his righteousness is of God and not of himself. He, earlier he was naked. Now he's clothed. Okay. Earlier we were blind, but now we can see. We were naked in our trespasses, dead and naked, and now we are clothed. So you have this assurance of salvation. See, the assurance of salvation comes only by faith. It doesn't come by works. Mm. If you are ever trying to be assured by your never, works, you will never, be. You will be. Works of salvation are there, post-salvation. But the assurance of salvation is by faith. Mm. Whenever you try to switch it, you will start panicking. Because God is the one who's clothing you. And he's clothing you because you repented and you believed and you covered, you are covered. And the thing is that he's in his right mind. And they were afraid. Hmm. Why should you be afraid? They should have been afraid when he was breaking the chains and walking around carrying rocks in his hand. That's when they should have been afraid. Now they were afraid. Now he's in his right mind. They should have been, should not have been afraid. 
they should have been excited. They should have been excited. Okay? And now if you go to the next verse, okay, then and those who told them how it happened to him who had been demon possessed and about the swine, then they began to <coughs> plead with him to depart from their region. Think about it. Hmm. Listen to two conversations if you read the whole passage. The demons are saying, we don't want to go from this region. The people are saying, Jesus, would you go from this region? So who are they left with? Mm, the demons. The demons. Mm. They're not left with Jesus. They're left with the demons. But God listens and he leaves. Now this man will be the harbinger of change in that. That's why Jesus said, you don't come with me, you stay here. You stay here. Decapolis. No, he says, you stay here. You will be my representative over here. Now I will use you to set others free. This is how it works. This is how it works. We are set free. We understand we are set free by the power of God. Now our job is to set others free. Set others free. Wow. No, that's our job. The blind cannot lead mm. the blind. Mm. No, set Absolutely. others free. Our job is that same. That is how it works. So it is, it's a chain process. You set free. You know your freedom. You set the next one free. He sets free. And that's how the gospel, because the gospel is about liberty. If you go to Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, the entire gospel is about yeah. liberty. But but the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Mm. A poor is a person who has come to the end of himself. Only they will receive the gospel. So this man is poor. He is demon possessed. He has come to the end of himself. He sent me to heal the broken hearted. The heal the broken hearted. The broken heart. The heart is the core of your being. Okay, core of your being. Mm. That's when I said that is the being that splits. Mm. Your heart splits, your core splits mm. under trauma. It's, exactly. a, it's a God-given mechanism to protect ourselves. But also it becomes a demonic thing mm. where they also split you. But because you, our human, like it is like pain. Your body has only certain level of pain. Oh, After yes. that, you, you, go, you become unconscious. You cannot handle it. You, you black out. Why do you black out? Because that's your tolerance level. In the same way, when it comes to the soul, the trauma, the trauma part, that is only so much you can handle. After that, you will split. Mm. And you have to be very, very careful with children. Children who have gone through trauma, they will do two things. One, they will lie very easily. Two, they will make up stories. And this lying and make up story is basically the protective mechanism for trauma. That's why we need to know children, not be hard on them, because they have gone through traumatic, because we had kids who have come through very traumatic. So with them, always gentle. I mean, how does a child whose father and mother burned themselves in front of them, or a child who was probably kidnapped or thrown away by the mother into a dustbin or something, then picked up by beggars and then used by for begging and then poked all over and made it into this thing to get more sympathy. And then this child is rescued and if that child comes to you, do you have any idea what this child's soul is like? Mm. You don't know. It has gone through trauma. So when that child lies, when that child makes up stories, don't be hard on the child. Try to try to heal his or her broken heart. They have to be made whole. That's what Jesus is talking about. The ten lepers 
he the leprosy is the worst disease you could ever get in those days today it is hiv aids that is why it's kept secret you are not allowed to let know if you know somebody you are not allowed to because yep. you know it is not what the disease does to you what others do to you when come they across. know you have it because they will ostracize you mm. they won't come anywhere near you so hiv is today's leprosy the leprosy has been medication eradication is all taking place those days you are out you can't go anywhere out of your home out of your circle out of your temple everything your life changed completely in one day you lose everything so there were 10 lepers standing far away saying lord have mercy jesus son of nazareth i want you to go to that portion Looks jesus amazing. son of david have mercy i want it in kjv okay mercy and he says go show yourself to the the priest and they go and while they were going the bible says look 17 11 to 19 okay i want to that portion where one man comes back one man comes back actually okay. 19 was 19 yeah verse 19 okay 17 19 of uh, actually uh, 18 19 yeah that's enough that's enough that's enough one man alone came back okay and just said what about the others okay and he worshiped cried with a loud voice praised and thanked god and fell at his feet and now he says arise and go thy way thy faith hath made thee whole yeah, well. but when he came he was already healed mm mm-hmm. and all the other nine are healed mm-hmm. but they are not whole mm-hmm. he is whole his broken has been broken heart has been put back together you have been made whole he says that's what we need to realize now go to 16 17 18 he fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks and he was uh, let's have 15 also hmm? yeah that one turn back as we say and loud voice glorified god he's praising god and then he came to jesus fell at his feet and giving thanks okay now you need to understand this this is where faith comes faith and understanding are not the same by faith we understand but we don't understand and have faith mm-hmm. when god says enter my gates with thanksgiving and my courts with praise the reason is that our thanksgiving and our praise as we do it every day is making, making us whole, whole. Mm. because all of us have gone through various stages of trauma mm. so many things has happened no childhood experiences our first touch with fire the first time i saw the ocean as a fire old boy the first time 3 or 4 years i saw the flooded rivers and huge logs and dead animals floating down this thing no what it causes to a young child you do not know mm. first time you had an injury you broke your leg all this is having its own effect on the soul because man was not made for that man was supposed to live a pain free sinless life that's how he was created so everybody goes through traumatic experiences okay and what it has done to your soul and god says first is i'm saving you then you are on the way process of make or be made whole and it says one of the ways you are made whole is praise me thank me resp- begin your day with worship with praise with thanksgiving and you know what you will be made whole and you will see this man is made whole so we have to look at it that we're going back to the question you know we have to see these question things okay mm-hmm. this is what the demons do the demons cause trauma why is this man if you go back to that man that story mark chapter 
Look what this man is doing. Okay, Mark chapter 4, they cross the Gadarenes. Okay. Um, Mark chapter 5, Pastor. Yeah, chapter 5, verse 2 and 3. 3 and 4. Okay. When he came out of the ship, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. It said, a unclean spirit. But they are a legion. Legion. Mm-hmm. It's like one hole. <laughs> it's like the bees in the beehive. They look like one. And when you poke it, you have 10,000 of them coming out. But they are. Who had his dwelling among the tombs. And look at that. Where he's still living, he's living literally among the dead. No man could bind him. Just move a little to some portion second. No, not with chains. Sammy. Yes, yeah, yeah. little. Yeah, no, not with, with chains. Yeah, and then? Verse 4, because he had often been bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. You need to realize the power of the demons. See, I have ministered to so many people who have come out of the circle. I've never been inside a Lord. I'll never go inside a Lord, but I've met many people who were there and ministered to them. One of the things they tell me is you have to see the power there. Miracles there. There is real power. How can a man break fetters and chains? Hmm. Why couldn't Joseph break the fetters and his chains? <laughs> he couldn't. But when you are demonic, if you read that book of Ravindra Maharaj called uh, Death of a Guru, Guru yes. one day when he was angry, it is honored somebody and there was this huge weight over there and he picked it up with Hannah and lifted it up and then he realized it was not natural, it was demonic. Demonic. Then he talks about his trances where he went to the heavens as he thought and saw all the gods. (laughs) That is why in these religions, pagan religions, drugs is an in Integral part. integral part of that religion because drugs opens you up to that other realm. It is drugs, pharmacia, drugs, sorcery and pharmacia go together. That's why we try to say live as far as possible a drug-free life because these things all opens up. So look at this guy. Look at him. The fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. Where does he get his strength from? Where does he get power? And always, night and day, he was in the mountains, in the tombs, crying. Crying. And cutting himself with stones. Look at, look at these symptoms. When you see children, young people, uncontrollably, always crying without any reason. Always cutting themselves with blades and this thing. Watch out. Watch out. It is demonic. They are under oppression. Don't get mad with them. Don't get mad with them. This is how you know symptoms. Okay. And the thing is that they have to cut themselves. They have to cut. In this today's demonic age where they have all the personalities, they have to cut themselves. They cut themselves. Cut themselves. Because why do they have cut? Because the demons will tell them to cut. And why do they cut themselves? So that the demons can have blood. They cut themselves. What did the prophets of Baal do on the mountain? They cut themselves. They were cutting them. Why were they cutting themselves? Why is in all these religions they cut themselves? And the fake Catholicism you see in the Philippines during Good Friday, why do they cut themselves? It's demonic. Hmm. It's not Christian. Why do they cut themselves? They nail themselves and hang on the... What is that? 
Why is it in all this thing walking on fire and on nails and what is all this? How can you walk on fire? It's demonic. Can you walk on nails? It's, it's power. It's real power. It's not fake power. It's real power. Why do they cut themselves? Piercing their nose, all kind of things they do. Why do they do it? Because if you don't do it, there's no shedding of blood. That fellow will not do. So if you don't even shed your blood, you have to shed some other blood. Cats and dogs and, you know, they kill this and use it and throw the gate into my house. And then I have to go and dump it out. You know? They do this stuff. They left it out here. In Jamshedpur, uh, during one of those days that was there, uh, we just go to the church, right? So you have, uh, they cut chickens, they slaughter yeah, the chickens. That's a common thing. Every, yeah. I mean, every 10 meters you'll yeah, find those. Yeah, <laughs> Otherwise, because if you, if you, in Africa, in everywhere, if you go to those people, the local fellows, the ones which cash fellows who go over there, he'll say, bring me a chicken. He says, I want, to under, I want to know this. He says, bring me a chicken. And then he'll cut and he'll shed the blood. And then he will go inside. He will ask his demon. He'll come back and say, this is what the demon says. No, because when God instituted blood for the remission of our sins, the devil takes it and inwards mm. turns it around. <laughs> what God's everything, everything what God has done, he inwards. That's why God's servants are in white robes and you will see the satanic ones are in black or purple robes. Yeah. We have the cross, the inward, the, the cross. cross. The inward, the cross. So everything you will see, the inner, the devil inwards it. And that's how it happens. So the, the devil has his servants. He controls through ideas. The idea, demon, the ideas, or we call it, the, the Bible calls it the doctrine of, of demons. demons. So demons have doctrines. And those doctrines kill. Doctrines kill. Okay, there's a doctrine of faith and the doctrine of works. The doctrine of works is Caleb. And the doctrine of works is demonic. It kills. Caleb is the first one to swallow the doctrine of works. Trying to please God by your works. And then what does he do? He kills his brother. He kills his brother, Cain, Abel. No, Cain is the one who kills his brother. It's a doctrine of works. And it's still there. It's still there. Why is that so many people who are good people don't accept the gospel and Jesus as their savior? They are taken over by the doctrine. They're not bad people. They're good people. Mm. Doctrine of works. Mm -hmm. It's a demonic doctrine. It's a demonic doctrine. All kinds of doctrines. Demons behind ideologies which empower it. We empower it. Because so you need to realize any ideology, any philosophy, which suddenly you start, like you know this Korean K-pop, poor kids. One boy died uh, this week. He died. He's young. How many years old? 20, 20. Yeah, 22, 23. How do these kids reach the top? They're all into drugs. They're all into portals. They're all into the demonic. And then the demons can give you any talent you want. Devil told Jesus, forget other people. Showed the nations and their glory in an instant. So they will can show you things in an instant, things of this world in an instant. And he said, bow down and worship me. I'll give it all to you. And Jesus said, no. But most people don't say no. They say yes. Not that he offers that kind of thing to everybody, only to some he offers. But at the end, it's it's like merchant of Venice. At the end, he'll come for his pound of flesh. Bah. Hmm. There is, um, see, in the Middle Ages, this was all common. So Christopher Marlowe wrote a book called Dr. Faustus. 
And Dr. Faustus, this dude gets into the demonic. And uh, in return for his soul. The devil said, I'll give you. And, uh, but I will, I will need your soul at the end. So there is Christopher Mallow's Dr. Faustus. <coughs> and, uh, you know what Dr. Faustus asked for? He asked for Helen of Troy. He says, first he wants Helen of Troy as his woman. Where is Christopher Faustus' timeline and where is Helen of Troy? So there is this spirit that comes as Helen of Troy. And then you have this famous lines in Dr. Faustus. Was this face that launched a thousand Ships and burn the topless towers of Ilium. Because the whole battle of Troy is over this woman. So his response to is when he sees Helen, which is a demonic spirit, he doesn't realize it, it's a demonic spirit. See, what are all these Kanyagas and Supernagwar, all these things in our midst? Who do you think these ones are? You have all of them in every other stories of every other culture. They come as beautiful damsels and these things and all that. It still happens. It still happens. People don't realize it still happens. These are all real things. People, there are places where these things still happen. So he sees this and those are his lines. Okay, so you need to, okay, I'm telling it is, it is called Sukubi. Sukubi, if, I forgot the actual word, I could be wrong. If I'm right, Sukubi is sex with demons. Yeah. Incubus and, yeah, that act is called. Succubus. Incubus and succubus. So you need to realize these are all things. Are people who do the masturbation, yeah. they, ha- they have to be delivered mm. from this, this particular thing. This thing. thing. No, so succubus you need spirit. to realize these are all mm. things which are real. And uh, the demonic controls people that way. Demons are multiple. Pastor, there is a verse in Luke 10, 34, where actually the word trauma is mentioned. And it's not mentioned as trauma, mm-hmm. but that's that, that it says, and he went, he went and to him bound, and bandaged his wounds. wounds bound. The word for wounds is trauma, trauma which actually means yeah. to be shattered, shattered in the Greek. Because be he shattered was into pieces. And experience he went through. The Samaritan, Samaritan. Traumatic, traumatic experience, experience of get beaten up and all. And no? the robbers come. See, the reason, that's the reason people need to understand why we say, come to church, mm. listen to the word, grow strong in faith so that you know what Whatever happens to you, it doesn't shatter you. Mm. It doesn't break you. Faith is your strength. Mm. Faith is your strength. How how come Jesus was beaten up on and hung on the cross and he's Mm. not shattered Shattered. at all? And all the apostles are getting beaten up Mm. and whipped and they are not shattered Shattered. at all. You look at some of our people. They may grieve, but they are not shattered at all. Mm. The kind of abuse they have gone through, they are not shattered at all. Why are they not shattered? The reason is they have been listening day and night, listening to the word, receiving it by faith and praying. And they are so strong. strong They are so strong. So they are not traumatized. Little ones, we protect them. But they they are very, very strong. Grief is there. And they come out of the grief also just like that. Grief is missing a person who went away with the Lord. But you need to realize, how do they come out? How does God make them whole? So it's an entirely demonic system in which we are ruled. Babylon is ruling. Go to um, Revelation chapter 18. Verse 1, 2, 3. You see. Babylon. Mm -hmm. 1, 2, 3. 
After these things I saw another another angel coming down from heaven having great authority and the earth was illuminated with his glory. Now he's talking about the system which has been running this world. Okay, He cried with a mighty loud voice, Babylon the great is fallen and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Okay. For all the nations, understand, all the nations, no nation exempted, Peaceful Switzerland, to violent Russia, to immoral America, to pagan India, all nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of our fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. luxury. Mm. So Babylon, <laughs> start yes. go to verse 4 and all. You will see God is asking his people, come, come out. out. Therefore, you know, he says, no, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive. <coughs> it's not being living in isolation, but you are not spiritually connected at all to that system. We are in the world, but we are not. That has to be, that distinction has to be there. Very clear. I'm in this world and I know what I'm in this world for. Very clear, I know what I am in this world. I am his servant. I am an ambassador to reconcile people back to God. In my workplace, wherever I am, I know whose I am. I know who I am. And I will do it gently. I will do it delicately. I will do because system is very hostile. Mm. So I will trust God to tell me, to lead me to this. But people will know without even me opening my mouth. They will know I am not part of the system. Okay, if you go to first, uh, first Peter chapter 3 and verse 1 and 2, a principle is given over there. Yes, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word. Okay, so let's put it in principle. There is a person or there's a set of people who don't know the word, don't obey the word, is not interested in the word, that they without a word, hmm. without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. Right. So, principle is there. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, your, your witness, your testimony, they see your conduct, that you are not connected to the world. What is chastity? Chastity means virginity, right? Chastity. Mm. So, they see your spiritual chastity. You are not of this world. This person does not belong to, belong to, that's why every time there was trouble, they called Joseph a Hebrew. What does Hebrew mean? The one who has crossed the river. Because they called him a Hebrew. Hebrew is a very good title. A bad title. But for them, it's a bad title. Oh, he's a Hebrew, a joy killer. We are not joy killers. We are actually full of joy. joy yeah. We are not joy killers. We enjoy life. We enjoy fun. But only thing, it has to be chased. We enjoy being with people. We enjoy everything. We enjoy sports. We enjoy music. <laughs> but music of this kind. We enjoy movies. Movies of this kind. Only thing that we bring this what is called chaste or chastity into everything that in. Your problem is you want us to enjoy music but unchaste. You want us to enjoy movies which are vulgar. You want us to enjoy sports which are violent and vulgar. But I'm sorry, I like sports, but I don't like sports. The vulgarity. The vulgarity. Mm. That's one of the reasons I don't like because IPL and I don't even go Watch. anywhere near. Because 
Why do you need all these cheerleaders? It was supposed to be a sport, right? Why do you need all these things? You can't watch because there are ads and the ads are not kosher. So the sports is gone. So it's all Babylon. It is no longer sports. It is not sports anymore. It is idolatry and business. You have stars who are idols and then you have business and uh, you go there with your family and watch what are your children learning. What are your children learning? The best thing to do is that let the games all be over and then ad-free watch. If you have to watch. Yeah, as, as fun. Mm. Game is over. You know the result. Your adrenaline is not going to pump. Your heart is not going to <laughs> unnecessarily being exercised over some stupid people playing a game. Why do you want to go through all that tension? <laughs> the trauma. No, your body is going through all that. Now, why do you want to go through? You have to be wise. But this can be only told to people who are very clear about their purpose. Yeah, you know. So it's when I go for youth meetings and people ask me, young people ask me, and all, I tell them first thing I will tell you is know your God, know Jesus. Jesus came so that we can know God. Without Jesus, you will never know God. Read your Gospels, read your Bible, go to church, know God, enjoy God, and then after that, tell Jesus wherever you go, I will come. That's it. It's very simple. So don't ask, don't ask, <laughs> don't ask, Pastor, can I see movies? No, ask Jesus. Will you go to the movie with me? This one. Listen carefully. Carefully. <laughs> can I afford this? You will realize. No, that is it. <laughs> and suddenly you realize the Holy Spirit is willing to come and unwilling to come. Okay, so there is a person called the Holy Spirit. He is with you. In you forever. forever. Wherever he will go, you can go. Wherever you go, he won't come. Hmm. Does he leave you? No, he just holds his nose and keeps quiet. <laughs> when there is no fear hmm. of God, he closes his nose. Yeah. It's simple. It's not like like I said. The gospel is very simple. We don't make it complicated. There is an actual person in get to know that person. He is the personal representative of the Father and the Son, given to every child of God who is going to. You can't escape him. He is going to be with you forever. Get too used to him forever. So ask him. But if you want to hear it. You need to know the word. Mm. So read the word. That is the whole purpose. Read the word. Know the person. Life is not very complicated. Very complicated. Mm. Okay? And that's how. On the other side, you have the demonic. Demonics have their own occult literature and scripture and chants and mantras and all kind of things. They have occult, these things and all. And then they have their offerings. You have to give them blood and stuff and all that. And then he will give you power. Price you have to, price you pay. And ending the story is Christopher Marlowe. I forgot I read it in 1988. Uh, the power of salvation. At the end, there's this battle because Christopher Marlowe believes, not Christopher Marlowe, Dr. Foster's if I'm right, and he's dying, and the demons have come to take his soul. Come to take his soul. Book of Jude says, Satan fought over Moses' body. Mm. And Michael said, the Lord rebuke you. Mm. Why did, why did uh, Satan ask for his body? Because, of because he had murdered. Blood. Blood. Murdered. So he said, see, he had killing in battle and murder 
totally different. Two different things. So on that grounds he came. And he said, the Lord rebuke you. On what grounds did he say the Lord rebuke you? Because he said, you forgot what happened 40 years later. Cleansed him. Leprous. The Lord cleansed him mm. and sent him. The Lord has forgiven. He is forgiven. You have no rights over him. You need to understand this. Go, go to Jude. May not, people may not have seen Jude, it. Okay, yes. Jude. People realize there are things happening in the spiritual realm when people die. Verse 8 and 9 and 10. Likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, rejecting authority, speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dare not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know and whatever they know naturally like brood beasts. In these things they corrupt themselves. So there is a, another realm altogether. Yeah. So we see Moses walking down up the hill and then he dying, the Lord burying him. There's a battle going over his body. Go back to verse 9. Verse 9 only. Did you see something over there? He's disputing about the body of Moses. He's not disputing about his soul. Yeah. People, what does he want the body for? He wants to make it into a fetish, an, an idol. <laughs> yeah. What does he want the body mm-hmm. for? Mm-hmm. You know what happens when people die? They, they need the body parts to do rituals. Rituals. <laughs> fetish. They need it. Yeah, they need. Even old days. You go to the, some other countries where I have gone. Once, that's why they cremate them. If you don't cremate them, where Christians go bury their bodies, the other fellows come and dig it up because they want the skull and they want some of the bones and then when they do their occult, they drink from that. I'm not talking about the circle. I'm talking about even in other religions, this time, in nations where I have gone. So they say when we bury, we have to be very, very careful where we bury secretly because these people are watching. Then once we are gone, they will wait for a month and after that they will dig it up because they want that. They want that. You look at all the occult pictures you see in Africa and all. What is they want? They want the skull. Huh. They want the skull. And they give you big money for that if you can get the skull, human skull and all. So this has been there for ages. This has been going on. So you need to realize there is the occult part of it and then the other side of it where people are blinded. Huh? No, I'm talking about generally blinded by ideology and, uh, you know, the world, the world is like, you know, like you think about it, you know, somebody says, I need to buy this and I think, okay, I think I will go to Inorbit Mall or I will go to Ikea because it's cheaper. A person goes to buy one article and then comes after six hours after buying 15 things. What happened to you there? What happened to you there? You need to ask, what, what, what took you over? Mm. What took you over? You went to see a game. Then you are in the sports arena. You have become a madman over there. <laughs> There's a mob spirit. Mm. What happened mm. to you there? Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's a demonic thing. No, release Barabbas. It's demonic. Okay, and demons are there. And the child of God has to learn how to walk by faith. 
You know, so we need to understand. You have to understand how the demonic work. It's real. It is not a joke. It's a real. Okay, it's a real thing. And the fact is, we don't have to fear them. Luke ten nineteen. We don't have to fear them. We stand. Okay, we stand. Okay. Can I have it over there? Luke ten nineteen. First one. Yeah. Behold. Okay. I give you, God says, I give you authority. So that's the whole thing. That is why the first thing written is that you are rest, you are seated in Christ Jesus. When God says to enter his gates with thanksgiving and with praise, what we are doing is that we are seating, our, laboring to enter, enter into his rest. It is from that position only we can exercise authority. That why do you, let us, let us keep it over there and let us ask this question. Why is that God tells Joshua, be courageous, be bold, do not fear, do not fear. Why is that? What happens if you fight a battle and you are afraid? What happens? The demonic wins. Like I tell you, no? I keep telling it happens every week or once in two, two weeks it happens. Whenever a dog comes at you, don't show fear because they sense fear. Okay, don't sense fear. What happens is, if you show fear, that fellow has already won the first battle. The next thing you run, now he is chasing you. And the third thing that happens is, if you are not faster than him, he bites you. Okay, so God tells you something spiritually over here. Why does he say fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not? Because fear opens a door for the demonic. Mm. Whatever it is, whatever situation you are going through, it doesn't matter. I'm not talking about dog chasing. Any first thing you have to battle is you do not manifest fear. It comes, okay, there's a natural fear. That's okay, you see a snake, a natural fear, okay? And then stop. I always tell people, no, you don't have to kill a snake. Why do you want to kill a snake? The snake is not out to kill you. You are out to kill the snake. What you need to do when you see a snake is that stamp loudly on the ground. The snake will go away because mm. that's the sound. It's in. You don't have to kill snakes. The snake comes after you and then you kill the snake. But snakes don't come after you. Pythons may come after you if that fellow is hungry. But you don't have to kill a snake. You just have to... The snake is actually more afraid of you than you are afraid of the snake. You, know, you look at 9 out of 10 times or 10 out of 10 times, the snake is running from you. That's only because you don't turn around and look because you are running from the snake, but actually the snake is running away from you. You don't even have to run from the snake. It will run away. Unless it is caught in a situation where it thinks you are a... You are a threat to it. You don't have to worry about a snake. I killed one here. I killed one there. I killed another one there. And they were all poisonous. One was a Russell's viper. Another was a cobra. But you don't have to kill them. But when I see the rat snake, I let it go. Why kill a rat snake? It's useful. You know, but what I'm saying, you have to handle fear. You have to handle fear. Because if you don't handle fear, it will only increase. Mm. Slowly. Fear is neutral. What happens? Then you start fearing everything. It started with an ant, now you start, it increases. And God therefore says, they say 365 times, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Fear not of the fire, fear not of the water, because these are things we are afraid of. Fear not. Pain and fear are two different things, but he says don't fear, because fear opens the door. 
for the enemy to come in. Because the first thing that happened when Adam and Eve fell is fear came in. Mm. And Adam is running, hiding from God. Why is he hiding from God? Because he's afraid. But that was not the man. Previous day he was not. He was running towards God. Next day he's running away from God. So that's a terrible kind of a fear. That's not a natural fear. The fear of God does not cause you to run away from God. It causes you to run towards God. So we need to understand that these are all so the demonic. The devil has a million ways to snare us. We have only one way to stand. Stand by faith. In what God has said, behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Yes. Okay, this week I was doing deliverance on people. Okay, and you stand on that authority and you see the demons manifesting. The demons manifesting. You see wriggling like a snake. You see the tongue come out and you see the screaming and everything is happening. They are real. <laughs> they are real. Okay, and you know them. You know them by name and you call them out and cast them out. Okay, but then that is not the way. I tell them I can only do this much. But to walk in deliverance is your job. It's not my job. I can deliver you through the authority which all of us have exercising it. But after that, you have to walk in deliverance because the problem is, if you look at that portion over there, the demon that was cast out, 12, 12, Matthew 12, okay, cast out, what happened? He comes back. He comes back. And when he comes back, what he says is, he calls 40, 40, it, 43 to 45. Hmm? When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, the problem is, he finds it empty. Swept is fine. Order is fine. But it is empty. That's why we say, if you don't fill yourself with the right thing, the devil will fill it with the wrong things. Wrong things. Okay, wrong things. Fill. See, these proverbs in English are basically based on scripture. The idle mind is a devil's workshop. Is because don't keep your mind idle. Work, work has been given by God to keep man occupied. And man should not be idle. Should not be idle. Because idleness opens doors mm. for the enemy. Yes. Okay. When he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. What was the problem here? He was empty. So he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked. So all demons are not equally wicked. Some are more wicked. More wicked. Like like the dogs outside. Some dogs are more violent than the others. Mm. More wicked than the others. Than himself. And they entered. So why did he bring seven others? Why did he bring? Okay, this fellow cast me out of him. Now I need to get stronger. So it is not easier to cast me out. So we we have to see this is real. Demonic is real. You don't have to get scared. But all comes by faith. Faith means believing what God has said about himself and God has said about you. John will say in 1 John 5, uh, greater is he that is in you than he who is in the <coughs> world. Hmm? 1 John 5. Yeah. 1 John. It's 1 John chapter 5. I'm not exactly sure about the verse. Hmm? 
chapter 5. <coughs> Found it. Uh, it's uh, 1 John chapter 4 verse 4. 4, 4? Okay. Yes. <coughs> yeah. Okay. You are of God. That's the first thing we need to realize. As many as you received him, he gave them the authority to become the children of God. So if I am God, then God has given me authority over all those things he has authority over. It's a positional authority. It's authority that is not natural. It's a positional authority, an authority that has to become functional. So first you have to believe in that authority. That authority. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you greater. is greater than he who is in the world. Who is in the world? Satan. Along with Satan are all the others, principalities, powers, rulers, hosts of spiritual wickedness in heavenly, all of that. But who is in you? The one who is in you is the one who overcame them all through the cross. Okay, so if you have to ask, what is the actual power the devil actually has today in a believer's life? The power of deception. Mm. That's how he controls people. He deceives them. He deceives them. And he controls. How does he control us? He deceives us. Once you are deceived in any area of your life, that area he starts controlling. Not that he deceives us completely. He doesn't have to deceive us completely. It's not very easy to deceive a Christian completely. But he deceives you in one area. That's why these things have to be very, very careful. And the problem is then we cover it up. What is deception? Deception will make you a hypocrite in that area. Mm. Okay. Hypocrite, no? And uh, after some time, you start believing <laughs> that is true because now that has become your alter personality. Identity. <laughs> your another identity has come. You start believing that. Okay. And then you start convincing yourself. And the whole uh, time, God is waiting to deliver you. But God cannot deliver you until you accept the truth because what sets you free is truth. What binds you is deception. Hmm. What is deception? Lies. Satan is the father of lies. lies. Yep. And the problem is a lie doesn't look like a lie. Hmm. See, do you know in rat poison, that poison is only 1%, 99% is kosher? Wow. It still kills. That 1% is what kills the rat. <laughs> still kills. <laughs> that 1% kills the rat. The 99%, if that 1% is the rats will have a wonderful meal. But that 1% kills the rat. Okay, so you need to understand... To be killed, mm. to be deceived. He doesn't tell you all lies. No, he covers it nicely with truth. Nicely with truth. But the lie in it is what you have to nail it down. And lie, lie is what you have to nail it down. Okay. Adam, Adam, where are you? He says, I was afraid. I was ashamed. That is, that's a lie. That's a covering. The first fig leaf. Okay. God said, you're naked. So all these days I came, I never told you you're naked. Who told you you're naked? <laughs> Who told you you're naked? Oh, I'm feeling so condemned today. Who told you? <laughs> Did God tell you? <laughs> Who told you? <laughs> if God tells you you're condemned, you're finished. He's a judge, you're finished. Oh, wow. Who told you you're condemned? 
Who told you? It's the first question. Second question. Who told you? Let me ask this question. Did you? Here. Did you do I what I told you not to do? That's it. Mm. Again, second fig leaf comes out. The woman you gave me. Mm. But that is, you're not still addressing the Very truth. Sure. You are skirting here and there. Why did you tell the plain truth? As soon as you came, random fall at this meeting, I'm sorry I ate. Story over. How different the whole thing story, the whole narrative would have changed. So you know they were deceived and they ate it and now they are covering themselves up. This is how deception works in you. But God wants to come and set you free. So these questions will set you free. So the first question you and I need to ask myself is where am I? Where am I really? And the only thing that first question is, where am I in my relationship with God? Don't fool yourself with God. Because God cannot be fooled. You're first, you want to escape demonic deception. First question to ask, where am I? Don't say I'm in church. That is not the question. You didn't hear the question. The question is, where are you? Are you hiding from God? Are you in Christ or out? Uh, no, you can be in, in Christ, Christ and hiding. Mm. We are talking to Christians. We are mm. not talking yeah. to non-Christians. So there are a lot of Christians who are in Christ. But it's like the church in Laodicea. Christ is outside. They have no fellowship with Christ. Christ is coming to fellowship. And mm. you have no fellowship with Christ. He says, if you open the heart, I and my father will come and we will sup with you. So the simple question is, God is light. And the proof of that you are in the light. It's not that you have in sinned. But you have repented and you are fellowshipping with God. Fellowship is an important thing. You are fellowshipping with God. So where are you? Why is the question asked, where are you? Because Adam is no longer fellowshipping with God. Till yesterday he was fellowshipping with God. He's not fellowshipping with God today. Where are you? And the simple question is, uh, uh, I am afraid, I feel ashamed, I feel condemned. And the question is, who told you this? Who told you this? Who told you this? Who have you been listening to? Who told you? That's impossible. Whatever you are feeling, the simple question is, who are you listening to? Who told you? Question you have to. Who told you? Oh, I am going through this. Oh, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Question, who told you? Hmm. A man must have told you, but that is secondary, primary. Did God tell you he hates you? Did God tell you he hates you? Or did God tell you he loves you? Okay, what did God tell? Because our relationship is first vertical. Not how it can be perfect horizontally, wrong vertically, you'll go to hell. Like you're perfect vertically, but nobody likes you because you are vertically connected like Enoch. You will still walk with God and go take, be taken up in rapture. Mm. So first is not horizontal. As far as possible is what God says. It's not. Okay, there's an impossibility with man. And especially in the last days with the carnal men. It's very difficult because if you can't please God and man always at the same time. But you can always please God. All you need is faith. So you have to ask the second question. Who told me? Third question God asks, what have you done? What have you done? These are the three questions he asks before he gets them out of the garden. What did you do? Where am I? Who told me? What did I do? What did I do? Okay. And if you have the answers to these three questions, you actually can be set free. Stop blaming. 
the woman you gave me, the serpent. No, 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 stop. Stop. Fathers will eat sour grapes, but children's teeth won't be set on. That proverb will not be said. It is talking of the new covenant. Your father can have iniquity. Your mother have multiple curses. Your grandfather offered every generation to the idol. But if you come to Christ, Christ. the pipeline has changed. But you have to believe. Yes. We don't have to do half the things which you have to do if you only believe. Yes. Because God is giving an absolutely, totally new start. What did you do? Fatherhood changed. That's it. Oh. You have to believe God is my father. God is my father. God is my father. God is my father. James birthed me and Tresyama births me in the flesh. God births me in the spirit. I am first and foremost a spiritual man not a flesh and blood man that is where your identity I am a spirit man now first and foremost I am a spirit man and my father Mm. is God then suddenly the devil realizes okay you can't do much with this man or this woman they understood their real identity. Exactly. What your identity will be. What your identity will be. Will determine your okay. behavior. Then you have to, have to with this thing, okay? Because first and foremost, when a baby is born, when a child is born, the first and foremost the baby wants should be given is security. Mm. That's why children have to be born in a home and not in an orphanage. Orphanage, you can have better food sometimes in an orphanage, but it's insecure. Mm insecure because you don't have parents. The primary purpose of parents is not only to bring food and clothing, they're natural things, because that can be given by the system too. Mm-hmm. System also can give that thing. Hostels also can give that. Boarding schools also can give that. But what parents primarily offer is the covering the security of love. Love secures you because the nature of love is that it loves unconditionally unconditionally that unconditional love become brings security security okay so that is what the fatherhood of god you have to understand god so loved me he gave his only begotten son this is how he loves me to secure me for eternity this is the first lie of the devil you have to break i'm secure formula now life or death is gain Mm. i cannot lose anymore I cannot lose anymore. Yep. I'm a winner man. Okay. I'm more than a conqueror because death has lost its power or so where am I? I'm in my right place. I'm seated in Christ. I'm under heaven. I'm with God. God is with me. That's where you are. Once you have asked God the first position, the second thing you hear, who told you? You told me. Mm. Why didn't you do this? You told me. Why didn't you do this? You, you told didn't, me. You didn't tell me. You didn't tell me. Yes, not to do me. Yes. So what you didn't tell me, I did whatever you told earlier. Mm. You didn't tell me anything new today, so I didn't do anything new today. But I did all the old things because you told me. Mm. Hallelujah. Okay. Everything else you told me earlier, hear my voice. I have okay. done. Mm. I have done. But I didn't hear anything specific today out of ordinary from yesterday. So I didn't do that because you didn't tell me. It's very simple. <laughs> it's very, very simple. We we make faith into a very complex thing. It's not a very complex thing. But Paul says, let not go to that portion no, where Paul says the simplicity like the Satan deceived. Second Corinthians mm. 11, 3, yeah, 4. Yeah. Second Corinthians 11, 3, 4. Mm. I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve mm. by his craftiness. You need to realize now, sisters who are listening around the world, don't get offended because I... I have no issues with 
the other half of humanity. But the Bible shows this, and I understand after all these years, a woman usually, normally, is easily deceived compared to a man. But today men are equally deceived because the feminization oh, of men. Men have become effeminate. Effeminate. Yes. effeminate. Okay, And that is why these things, the whole transgender movement is also aimed at the woman and aimed at the man. A feminization of man and all. You see, like I said, no, today's generation of young people do not grow up like we grew. We had to face odds even when we were young. One, we had to do strong, hard chores. That was part of your responsibility. You had to do chores. Second, uh, you got into fights. You got bloodied and all that, okay? And you were not, you. I mean, boys were boys, girls were girls. Girls were not spanked in my house, boys were thrashed in my house. And I got the, this thing. You were treated differently. Yeah. This is weaker sex, this is stronger sex. And the stronger strokes were disciplined a different way to be stronger. To be stronger. Because inbuilt they knew the man was the, uh, the, Respecter. the and one the, who uh, has to be strong change. to take care of. He is mm -hmm. the one who has to face the odds. So like, you no, know, right from childhood, you were taught that we don't fear the dog, don't fear the cat, don't fear the snake, don't fear any of those things. You had to always taught to handle fear differently. Taught to handle fear. But the women were always sheltered. So what happens? They are more of emotions. They are more of emotions. So that's why Satan comes to the, the woman. And Timothy also, Paul will say the same thing. It's the Eve who was deceived and not Adam, Adam was deceived. So when God is talking about, oh, if God made man and woman equal, then why is the man the head of the house? Because it's usually more difficult to deceive the man than to deceive the woman. Because the woman will bring her emotions. And the problem, if she doesn't get her emotion, she will sulk. And when she sulks, just for the sake of the peace, the man will give in to the woman. But the problem is that the whole family gets deceived. Mm. You need to realize, in a home, a father who is angry can make the family terrified. But a woman who is like uses her emotions as a weapon can make the family miserable. Man makes the house terrified. The woman makes the house miserable. So what happens is nobody wants to be miserable. See, even Samson ultimately gave in to the nagging of Delilah. She kept on nagging him, nagging him, nagging him. And finally he was worn out, vexed, and he gave it. And that is a deception. That is a deception. And you need to realize, so many households, deception is ruling. Mm. Or fear is ruling. These two things should not rule. See, I grew up, I have seen all this in my own home. It is either with just terror. Dad was angry and uh, drunk. Or when he was sober, you see another thing. Emotions playing all the games, sulking, and then a man doesn't know what to do. No, why are you not talking? The children, all this thing. No, finally he knows what is that she wants and gives into that. This is what, if you go, it is all there in the Bible. Um, Genesis chapter 3. The short circuit, how marriage is short circuit. Okay? Verse 16, 316. 
to the woman he said i will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception in pain you shall bring forth children your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule basically the desire there is the same thing used in chapter 4 about cain sin is crouching it chooses he desires to have it meaning you will desire you will your desire is to control your husband and his desire will be to control you but he will rule over you because he is physically stronger yes, until until it. all this new laws came in it was man who was ruling over the woman with his fist mm. It is fixed. He ruled, and there were no protection for the woman. You see, modern law, civilization, where the protection came in, and still, let me ask you a simple question. From what I know from my past knowledge, in which country is violence against the woman one of the highest? France. France. Can you believe it? France. and the women don't complain because it's their husband and their marriage and their home so they don't complain one of the highest forms of domestic violence is in france <laughs> think about it we think oh western civilization all these rights these are in this people who marched no about french revolution right and there is so much domestic violence which is true because that's how the man rules he rules a man does not use his fist he will use his voice he will shout he will scream terrorize and he has his way the woman has another way if the man is not a shouting and a screaming and a violent man she has her way of having her way how does she do she will nag she will sulk so you know the marriage has been short circuited by the fall and that is how the devil controls the homes deception okay that's why god says the wrath of man does not bring the righteousness of man and when in the letter to timothy when paul is telling about man one of the first thing he says lift up holy hands in prayer without anger mm. because god knows how we are that's why he asks the first man why are you angry so we need to understand how does the demonic work the demonic works through deception once you are deceived then your liberty is gone house freedom is gone peace is gone everybody is quiet khana hai food is there clothes is there house is there peace is not there or it's an artificial peace it's a, it's a, it's not a real mm. manufactured mm. a lot of houses are running on manufactured peace husband doesn't get angry wife doesn't nag because they have reached a compromise <laughs> you don't come you don't come so close i want some close they have reached a compromise get along famous but that is not a home that is not a home righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit that is the kingdom of god your home is a reflection of the kingdom of god on earth okay and that, what is it characterized by it's characterized by peace and joy okay there is righteousness righteousness is a result of truth righteousness that comes by faith alone faith comes from hearing hearing from the, the word, word of god. god the word of god is truth sanctify them by your word your word That's is truth. truth so righteousness is a result of truth mm. truth okay so that means you didn't allow deception mm. you didn't allow your feelings you didn't allow your circumstances you didn't allow the words of others or anything to determine your course of act that's what i keep telling people when i write them also i said we don't react we act we don't react react means the stimulus is outside from outside the stimulus came somebody said you are reacting no you are not reacting to it listen to it all carefully and then you listen to all of them says this is what i would act if i were you so i give you counsel this is acting i'm not reacting i'm acting i'm acting 
So when I get all these things from all around even this week, you know, traumatized children, because yes, death has taken place. What do we do? I said, what does the word of God say? Thy word is truth. What is the word of God? Were you attacked because you sinned? No. You were attacked for Christ Jesus' sake, right? What does God say? Rejoice, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Sorrow of the one who has gone. But memory? So we are like Christ. He was a man of sorrows, yet he was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his companions. Yet we do not grieve like the world because their grief has no hope. Our grief is not without hope. We know it's temporary. We know the person is there. We know we are going to meet them all over there. Going to meet them all. I write to all these children around the world. I said, when I come up there, remember, my name is not James. My name is Father Abraham. You all are going to stay with me. You're all going to stay with me. You'll go see your dada, mama, and all that. And after that, come and stay with me. You're all my children. You all will be together. We'll be floating around. We'll be all. When we have your flight, we'll be all around. See that way. See that way. What happens? It is the truth. Mm. And the truth suddenly sets you free. Yes, okay. This one has only... I tell you this story about what happened. I've said this before. A missionary... And his wife had gone to South America and they had only one child and they had worked among those aborigines and all and their child died of a sickness and they were heartbroken. They did everything but didn't work. The child died, they were heartbroken and they were like Naomi became bitter. They left the mission field, came back to US, left the mission, secular job and all. Many years later, they went on a trip, tourist as tourists, not a mission trip back to another country in South America and they were in the rural area and there was this fast flowing stream over which a log was and a shepherd was on this side bringing his flock and they were watching and the flock wouldn't go across so what did the leopard and the shepherd do he took a kid a lamb which was newly born and he carried the lamb and walked across the across the log. As soon as he walked across the log, oh, the gosh. mother went after him. Because the baby is going, meh, meh. The mother went after him. And when the mother went after him, all the others on a line walked across. And he was sitting there and watching. And then he heard the Lord speak to him. He said, do you see that? He said, yes. He said, I carried your child across. All of you will follow one day. But you left my field and went. You didn't see it was I who took your child across. He wept, went back, went back to mission. You need to realize, if we do not, this is what the truth sets us free. If we do not see things through the eyes of God, we will react. We will not act. So deception is the devil's most powerful weapon. So when they ask, when will all these things come? Jesus said, don't be deceived. And how does deception happen? Deception happens through words, through feelings. And the woman is more easily deceived. Marriages get deceived. And churches get deceived. Officers get deceived. Deception, the spirit of deception is the ruling spirit in this world. And the church is supposed to be the light, mm. the pillar of truth. But the truth has just set me free. Constantly. I'm not reacting. I am acting. How do you act? You have to ask, what? If 
first question you would ask is, what would Christ do in this situation? What would Christ do in this Not what I would do. What did Christ do in this situation? What would Christ do in this situation? That's why I said, even as we learn the doctrines which are fundamental principles of the kingdom of God, go through the red letter Bible. Study carefully in every situation, how did Jesus act? At the age of 12, parents have lost him. You see where he is and their question and his response, how did he act? He didn't react to their question. Son, how could you do this? Oh, I am so sorry. Forgive me. He didn't react. But that would be a natural reaction. He didn't react. He acted. He said, why are you looking for me? Didn't you know I was at my father's business? He's acting from the truth he's living in. Mm. He's not reacting to their truth. Because their truth is not true. He's standing in his truth. My father told me to stay back. I stayed back. Therefore, why were you worried? Mm. (laughs) You've forgotten all the stuff you heard about me for 12 years. You've gotten it. Why were you worried? You knew I would be here. Okay, so from there onwards, you look into Jesus, every situation he faces. These are how to live by faith. Then you go through the book of Acts and then you go to, you realize, okay, the apostles learned how to handle crisis, Mm. how to handle. There is a man, the man is looking at them for arms and then they don't have money. So they are not, they are not reacting to him. They are acting. If they were to react to him, they need to have, take money or borrow money and give them, they are acting by who they are and what they have. So they say gold and silver we do not have, but we do have something. We do have something. What we have, give we give it to you. Rise up in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. So this is how we act. Hmm. We act. We have to learn. It's a process. Like we learn so many things in life, how to do it. And then we became better and better and better in it. Faith has to be practiced and looked at. And after that, that becomes your nature. So something, when it comes, you don't react. You act. You act. Amen. You act. Hallelujah. Mm. You, you don't react. You yes. act. You act. Mm. And that is how you escape deception. Okay. And the Bible says the devil left him until for an opportune moment. He left him. Because this man cannot be deceived. <laughs> Finally, you scripture also and found Jesus could not be deceived. Could not be deceived. He's not reacting to the devil. He's acting. He's acting. He left. And then the devil left him. He didn't come after him directly. Now he started acting at him through people. That is how the devil does. No, The devil cannot handle you personally, one-on-one. He will come after you. Okay, He took his children off. Job's all the children. He killed them. Property gone. Slaves gone. Everything gone. He couldn't touch him. So he got into his wife. And spoke through his wife. Curse gone and died. And he found he couldn't get him through the wife too. So he brought three friends. And that is when he broke. And then oh, he opened his mouth and he cursed. So you need to realize even innocent people, ignorant innocent people, will be also well-meaning people, will be used by the devil to get a reaction out of you. Foolish. Reaction out of you. Okay? And you keep, you don't react. It should have been a different story if he had kept his mouth shut. Yes. Okay? And then after that he opens his mouth. Okay, so we have to be very, very careful when you are talking about the demonic. We need to understand what does one John five nineteen mean? What does it mean? 
Okay, so in the individual level, at the home level, at the workplace, church level, national, we know we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world. How does it lie under the world? We don't see it. Where is it now? Deception rules the whole world. And religion is a deception. And Marx said it's true. It is not a false thing. Not that it's fully true. Religion is the opium of masses. What does opium do? Keeps you in a high. Gives you a high. <laughs> I mean, 30 days later, the opium is over. Today, gorging. I mean, I mean, honestly, I have nothing. Fasting is good for you. I mean, but I don't understand your fast. Honestly, I don't. Un- I mean, we enjoy your fast. If you bring and give us your food, we enjoy your fast also. But it is not fasting. It is feasting. I've never seen humanity eat like those 30 days. Six in the evening onwards till early morning. You eat something which you never ate for the past 11 months. It is course after... I mean, what fast is that? Why do you call it a fast? 30 days of feasting. That is what you should call it. And it's an opium. Because you think you have earned brownie points with God. You've been blindsided. It didn't make one iota of good in your life. On the contrary, it have made the contrary many, many illnesses will come post this. <laughs> no, and the same thing, people do all kind of religion. And we all did it. That's the thing. We kept 40 days of Lent. I mean, as a child, I hated Lent. Because we wanted to eat. Who wanted Lent? We always wanted to eat. You know, so we didn't like Lent, but we were forced into it. And I remember the church, you know, finally I asked my grandfather, please, can I go from this Catholic church to the other Catholic church? He said, okay, go. Because this was Syrian. It was three hours on choir mat, kneeling, getting down, kneeling. The knees used to hurt. Choir mat is not like this. It's very harsh. The other is a Roman service. Only 40 minutes, you're free. Latin mass, Syriac mass, both you don't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand this. It was in Syria. I didn't understand that. That was in Latin. What were you doing? <laughs> so when Marx said religion is the opium of masses, which is true, it was opium. Because when you came out, you felt good. You thought you had done your duty. <laughs> you felt good. You had done nothing. So you need to understand how much the devil has a million ways to deceive you. But the gospel is very, very simple. Go back to that. Go back to that. 11 3. Corinthians 11 3. That never escape from the simplicity that is in, in Christ. Christ, Christ is, God, is simple. God is simple. Christ is simple. <laughs> Holy Spirit is simple. Gospel is simple. Faith is simple. It is not complex. Don't make it complex. It's very simple. <laughs> Actually, to walk with man is very difficult. Walk with God is very easy. Because it's very simple. You know, walk with God for 300 years. How simple is God then? No. Try to walk with somebody who is big in this world. No. Pastor Vijay went for his paperwork for series. You know, Sophie went to the collector's office. Was it very easy? You had to wait there, wait there, wait there. Here, call unto me, I will answer. Nobody calls him. 
It is so easy. It's so difficult. I sinned so much. God says, repent, confess. Is it difficult? <laughs> Sometimes to get the forgiveness out of your father and your mother and your husband and your wife is so difficult. <laughs> what all ablutions and what all petitions you have to sign before you are forgiven. That do you think you are forgiven 10 years later during your find The whole history comes out and you realize you are never forgiven. With God, he says, I forget it forever. Do you understand how simple faith is? <laughs> Actually, we project ourselves on God. Yeah. We project we, God says, I am God not like any of God these of things. <laughs> I am not like it. This is, Jesus is trying to tell it over and over and over and over. He says, there was hundred lost one. He didn't shout at it. He didn't scold it. He carried it, brought it and they were rejoicing. What kind of a God is this? <laughs> Prodigal son, according to the testimony of the elder brother, wasted it all away and prostitutes. He's wasted all the money his father had worked hard for. Comes back in rags and smelling like a pig. Father hugs him and kisses him and covers him. What kind of a God is this? And you don't understand the simplicity of the gospel? Mm. Just go back home. Mm. Just go back home. That's all. It is not so complicated. It doesn't matter how much you are deceived, what you did, just get up, go back home and you will realize the reception is always the same because he has loved you with an everlasting love. He cannot love you less. He cannot love you more. His love is perfect. The devil will come and deceive you. Hmm. He deceived them first by lying about God and causing them to sin. Hmm. Check, check, yeah. Second, after they were deceived, he deceived them from hiding from God and not running towards God. Then he deceived them after God came in search of them of not owning up for what they're doing instead of defending. So it is a deception all the way. Still, God is covering them and sending them out. Mm. Didn't send them uncovered. Understand? God covered them and sent them out. He said, now it's a long process. <laughs> it will take a long, long time to correct this. First it will take 4,000 years before my son can come. Then after that it will take another 2,000 years for him to come back again. This is the price I told you not to do. When I told you, don't eat, you will die. You need to realize I was not talking about you alone. I was talking about all that were in you. All of them would die. Adam sinned. Mankind died. So Christ died. Many will love. All could love. But many will not love because they were deceived. And deception is the more, and deception, the power of deception is so, it is not little, it is, I mean, one portion I cannot fathom is Revelation 20. Revelation 20, look at it, how, you have to understand how the demonic works. Chapter 20, verse 7. Now, this is after a thousand years of Jesus and saints rule on earth. There is absolute peace, prosperity, no sickness, no war, no violence, nothing. The lion and the cobra and the child all walk together. Animals all have reverted back to their original state. They are not killing each other. You are not killing them. It is 
bliss. And then the devil is released. Now when the thousand years have been expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations and gather them together to... How could they be deceived? And as many as the sand of the the sea. 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 And that is when the final war, he deceives them by fire. How could they be deceived? So deception is very, very powerful. Very, very powerful. And the only weapon against deception is truth. And the spirit of, not truth, the spirit of truth. Mm. That's why God is looking for true worshippers who worship him in spirit and in truth. The spirit, that's why when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you on to all. When the spirit of truth comes, because without the spirit of God, this book, people holding this book have killed millions of people. Without the Spirit of God, people holding this book, the custody of this book, have killed literally millions of people in the name of this book. You need to understand. And not just Catholics, Protestants too have killed. Protestants may have killed less, but the Catholics have but both killed and both are holding this book. So what? We are not talking about the word alone. We are talking about the Spirit who handles the word. Because I myself can't be the arbiter of this word. I will kill people with the word. So I need the spirit of God. Because he doesn't kill. He comes to give life. Mm. He comes to give life. Okay. So we need to understand that the, the, that why is he telling them? Why is Jesus? He scolds them and all that. But he's never mad with his disciples. Because he knows the spirit has not been released. On the day of resurrection, evening, he breathes upon them and he says, open the Holy Spirit and open, receive the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. And then the Bible says he opened yeah. the eyes of their understanding so they could understand the, the scriptures. scriptures. Then he said, it's still not enough. Wait, because you need power. Power what? Witness me. If you want to be my witness, you need power because you know the enemy is still there and he will deceive you. He will deceive you. You need power. So you need to realize our eyes are open. The Spirit of God comes. Our eyes are open. We start seeing. It's like we every day we get our pictures of our grandbaby and we see it growing. It's yesterday was this morning was she was. It set the tone for what all happened the rest of the mm. day. Everything. She was laughing for the first time, and you could see how love my eldest son. He's, I mean, I look at him and I say, wow, he's a better father than I was at his age. He's such a good father. He dotes on his baby. And you have to see his shock on his face. His baby is laughing for the first time. And his wife, a daughter-in-law, picked up the video beautifully. And you're looking at it and you're seeing it. Life. Life. Out over there, the innocence of that baby. And you realize, you know what? This is the spirit of it all. <laughs> the spirit of it all. And he's enjoying every moment of it. Every moment of it. We need to realize this is what life The devil will come out to deceive us. No, deceive us. Ultimately, I will tell you, there are three places we all go. We all start from a home. <laughs> okay. Then you have to see Sunday as the first day of the week, the Lord's Day. We go to church. Then Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday, depending you go to your workplace. All these places we bring life. Mm. We should bring life. 
Thank you, Lord. It's been given to us. Yes. We bring life. And I've worked in the three times I've worked in the secular realm. And the rest of the time has been, I'm talking about working. Home, church, secular place. And we have to conscious about the fact, you know what? I'm a carrier of the life of Christ. So when I go, I carry life. I carry his life. I, have, I don't have a life of my own to give. But if I allow him, I can carry his life with me into the presence of Gentiles. So they will know. We live by a different hope, a different standard altogether so that we have an answer when they are hopeless. We are hopeless. We are not hopeless like them. We have been birthed to a living hope. That's why the, the, the powerful verse in Acts chapter 16, all of them are in the same situation, but the narrative changes with one man. Acts chapter 16 and verse 24, 25. Okay, having received such a charge, he put them into the inner, this after they have been flogged 39 times with a Roman whip, into the inner prison, fastened their feet in the stocks. Okay, and I believe these are the only two ones who are on stocks, except maybe a few more, but I believe all the others were in chains, but not in stocks, meaning they can't lie down, their feet have been locked up. But at the midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to the Lord, and the Bible says, the prisoners were listening to them. The question is, the world is full of prisoners. Whole world, believers and unbelievers, whole world is all prisoners. The only question, whose prisoner are you? Paul will say, I'm a prisoner of Christ. So they're all prisoners. So when you and I go, we go into our workplace as prisoners of Christ having offered, voluntarily offered the instruments of our body as instruments of, I am your prisoner, I am a slave of righteousness. So the others are listening. What are they listening to? What are they seeing? What do they see? Do they see life or do they see death? To those who are being saved, we bring the aroma of life. To those who are perishing, we bring the aroma of death. Something is going on. And that's what we need to understand. What am I taking? Don't get deceived. Evangelism is not just giving tracts. Evangelism is living. Mm, Evangelism is living. In your workplace, we don't work under tension. We don't work under pressure. A lot of people work. I, I remember the first time I started uh, working. People were working under pressure. The pressure of the system was so heavy. The, the demand was from the students was high. The demands of the administration was so high. And I was this young believer, very young believer in my early 20s with my Good News Bible. And the book I am meditating on is God's Underground. Richard Wombrandt. Looking at a man who is, who is living the life of God under pressure, under which pressure everybody would break down. Most people would break down. Isolation. And I'm looking at this. And I've never worked before. I've never taught before. I'm somebody who stutters, very fearful about it. And here I'm teaching a classroom full of older kids. And some of them older than me. Sitting like this because they want to test out the new teacher always. Okay, so I pray and I go, I pray and I go. The pressure is building. The pressure is building. Then I, I can, because this was my first experience of the anointing. And it worked at a time when you least expect. 
it is afternoon first hour when all the students want to sleep and i'm going to the senior most section with the biggest rowdy sitting and i go into that class they have already slept they won't even rise up to say good afternoon sir you wake them up you are in trouble the principal everybody is having trouble with these ones and here is this new greenhorn wet behind rookie over there in that class and the girls few of them are looking at it this thing this thing so i started and the anointing hit i put my text down i started teaching shakespeare one by one by one by one by one they started rising up they looked at the head they knew there was something else happening in the class let me tell you after that day i never had trouble with my students there was no more pressure now the pressure was on all the other teachers who taught english because that all the other class students said we want sir james to teach us the principal said what's happening sir james i said no i don't know what's happening then i would look through my door and i would see the principal and other teachers standing outside listening to what i was teaching but they didn't know what anointing was the anointing breaks the yoke <laughs> even in your workplace anointing is not given for ministry anointing is given for life and i was experiencing it as a young kid in the year 1988 89 young man i realized this works this works and we have to realize no don't get deceived that you you god is sending you to work without an anointing you have an anointing the anointing teaches you all things and when you go to your workplace be poor of the spirit and humble yourself and go to god and say would you anoint me please lord would you please anoint me don't never be cocksure never be sure oh i can strutting not like a rooster i can handle like got all this experience no your experience may be true your all that could be true but not the students all the devil needs is just to activate a few of them to give you trouble but the anointing keeps them quiet keeps them quiet because the whole idea you are living a lie don't get deceived the devil can deceive you in a million different ways but the truth always sets you free so all who are hearing whatever you are doing mm. there is an anointing that teaches even if you are just a housewife who cooks there's an anointing that teaches say lord anoint me today anoint me today lord to cook anoint me today lord the whole idea is that at the end of the day all those who eat my family they will be satisfied amen think about jesus the anointing five loaves of bread two fish made by somebody we don't even know he took it gave thanks he blessed it broke it and the bible says all it is one thing provision second they were all satisfied what happened what happened there anointing worked anointing worked believe don't get deceived god has given us everything to do his work love his life make use of it don't get fooled every day status quo is this default setting i'm empty i'm poor i need you i cannot do anything without you so lord fill me praise him worship him fill me go out don't react act lord teach me to act how would you do these things oh lord otherwise you'll get deceived
you will get deceived. Deception is very, very strong. Look at this. The Bible is saying they were all listening. They did not get deceived. They didn't complain. We were doing, we were here, we were praying, we delivered a woman with, with a young girl of a demonic spirit. Because of doing your work, we got beaten up, our backs are all broken, we have been thrown in prison, what kind of nothing? <laughs> Responding absolutely. It is our glory to be persecuted for your namesake. Our backs are yours. It is yours. When I gave you my body, I gave you my back too. My legs are in the stock. When I gave you my body, I gave you my feet too. You have absolute sovereignty to lock my feet and break my back. I know what I will do. I will not react. I will act. What am I called to do? I will sing. I will pray. The Bible says the prisoners were listening. What was I listening to? Listening to a life they had never seen before. This is the witness of the life of Christ. The centurion, Roman centurion, standing down there, heard the words of Christ. One man repented, entered into the kingdom of God, heard that words. Another man said, truly, this is a son of God. What was he see? He was seeing the life of God. So we have to ask ourselves, what do they see? What do they see? What do they hear? Because they are seeing, they are hearing, they are watching. What do they see? What do they hear? And how do we, how do we become like that? God has given his word. He's given his spirit. It's a mixture of both. When you have the spirit and the word comes in, it becomes faith. And faith is simply life Christ loves through you and me in our own respective ways. And God will have a million witnesses on Christ and everyone is a witness Amen. in their own fields. <clears throat> that is what kingdom of God is. So the demonic is wants to mar the witness of Christ. Hmm. Because the witness is very powerful. Yes. He wants to silence that voice, silence that witness. And so when you fail, don't get so upset. Oh Lord, I failed you. Yes, you failed. Mm -hmm. Now come back. Because you know what? I cannot destroy the witness of God. <laughs> Amen. I can mar it in my life. But the witness of God cannot, cannot be, destroyed be destroyed. Because the whole of creation reflects the, the glory, glory of God. God. Mm -hmm. God is not dependent upon my witness for his, his resume. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's my glory. It's my honor. My privilege to witness him. But if I don't witness him, nothing is subtracted from God. Okay, so go back to God and say, Lord, humble yourself. I failed you, Lord. Help me to be a true witness. It's, it's not difficult. Okay, it's not difficult. Yes, Pastor Vijay? Absolutely. These are, this is, these are verses that, that changed my life. I have looked at it and I have looked at it and I looked at it and I looked and said, boy, what a man. Hmm. What a man. At midnight. Look at that word. They were flogged, thrown into the prison. And at midnight, and I like that. If you have, to, this is what I, this is what I have told this in church too. If you are saved, then you are part of the elect. Mm. If you are part of the elect, right from conception onwards, God had you in mind, and everything that happened in your life, even before you were saved, were ordained by God for your success. Amen. So nothing is going to happen. So they were beaten. And look at it. Where did he put them? Look at verse 4, 24. Where did he put them? He put them in the inner prison, not the outer prison. Mm. So if you look at the prison like a circle, 
this as a circle. They are put right, right in the middle. middle. So, so everybody, everybody will yeah. hear their witness. Their access to everybody. It's all ordained by God. Mm. Put right there in the middle. That is what God actually means in the old covenant. I'll make you the head and not the tail. The head does not mean power and should not get into your head. He says, I will put you in a place where everybody will be able to see your witness. I'll put you in that position. You may be the least there when you entered. But at the end of the day, and I'm telling you, I'm not boasting. Three places I worked. And I knew in all those three places by the time I left. I was the youngest in the first place. I was the youngest in the second place. I was the last one to come in the third place. But by the time I left, it was the witness of Christ. Mm. The whole institution, everybody knew. This man believes different. And they would come to me. But it doesn't happen usually when you are young. <laughs> it happens to you when you are old. <laughs> it doesn't happen. But you have to believe. What God is talking about, that I'm in the inner prison. I'm there, put there, inner prison. Feet has been locked up so that you don't even try to escape from that place. So my response is still going to be scriptural. I'm going to sing. Everybody prays. Hindu prays, Muslim prays, Buddhist prays. Only Christians can sing. Even a Jew cannot sing. Yeah. When he thought about Zion, we hung our hearts. <laughs> Babylon. When we thought about Zion in Babylon, no songs, nothing. We hung our harps. Here they are singing. We thought a harp. P, you know, I know my church is listening around the world. I know they need to hear this. And I keep when extraordinary, extremely traumatic situations when I went. I never changed my counsel. Told them, sing. Sing. Through your tears, sing. Let your response be right. Sing. Grief is there, yes. That's a temporary grief. Sing. Somebody writes and says, Pastor, what do I do? This person looks dead. No movement for 24 hours. What do we do? So don't do we, we have no money. Nobody has any money to take them to the hospital. I said, don't do anything. Put your hands upon him. Pray, praise, worship. He will not die. Today he opened his eyes. Almost 72 hours he was without a response. What do you do? If you have money, you send money so that he can be taken to the hospital. But if you don't have money... Is God dependent upon money? No, it's not dependent upon. He uses money. So what do you do? You still act what Bible says. Pray. Lay hands and pray. Oh, you're just a 20-year-old. Doesn't matter what you Your age is irrelevant. Do you believe? Lay your hands, pray, and worship. And worship. You don't react. You act. You don't panic. But it doesn't come overnight. You have to be trained through the, the grinder you have to go through. God will take you through step by hand. You have to learn every step. Every, it's like the, Pastor Vijay often uses Jacob's ladder. Every rung is an experience. You go up, you go up. You don't come down. You go up, you come. Physically you may come down, but spiritually you don't come down. You have taken your position and you have held it. You don't have to be taught those old lessons over and over again. It has become part of you. Because the days we are living in, it's not easy. It is 
difficult days. The world will become so wicked. Mm. The world will be under the total control of the demonic. But he who is born of God overcomes the world. What is our victory? Our faith. So it doesn't matter. I look at the devil. I look at what's happening. But I still look into the word of God and say, I don't care what they are doing. The thing is that it is written. If I believe, I will still overcome the devil. What is it? His deception. And his pressure tactics. His fear tactics. His violence. We will still overcome. So you have to believe. That's what I said. Jesus said, if you believe, all things are possible. To if, if you just can believe, you have to believe. You have to believe. Man. Faith. Yes, Pastor Vijay, we'll oh, close with prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Pastor, one caveat, they were singing hymns, Pastor. Hmm? There was one caveat. They were yes, singing. and there was, that is praise. That is praise. They were singing. That is the whole thing. They were praying. Everybody will pray. Mm. So we have to pray. We cannot not pray because if we don't pray, you don't hear if you don't ask, you don't receive. So you have to pray. You don't go into a status quo and give up and on. No, you don't. You pray. How do you pray? I always tell them. Ask till the last breath is there. You pray. You believe. You don't give up. Well, it might be in a coma and all. That is okay. Is the person breathing? Yes. <laughs> pray. Pray. If you won't give up. We'll pray. So we pray. If anybody is in trouble, pray. If anybody is in trouble, sing. Okay. So they are praying and they are singing hymns. Why are they singing hymns? That's an interesting thing because this is the pattern set in the book of Acts. They rejoice for being considered worthy, worthy to suffer for Christ Jesus. It's not a glory. It's not an honor given to everybody because you have to choose. And most people won't choose. They will run away from it. You have to choose. Because God has only volunteers in his hand. Most of the troubles people are talking about their own troubles. It's not trouble because of the kingdom. Mm. That is not it. It's because of righteousness sake, for the gospel's sake, for the kingdom's sake. That's a different thing. So what they are going through is because of the gospel. And then the action, reaction should be very careful. What are the gospels say? They are mm. singing. So our churches around the world, what they are going through is because of the gospel. So I tell them, praise God, consider it an honor. Peter says the spirit of glory is resting upon you. Mm. Yes, grief will be there. Of course, somebody whom you love so much is killed before your eyes and is gone. Grief will be there. But also remember, that was an honor. Everybody doesn't get a martyr's crown. Only martyrs get a martyr's crown. It's to be martyred for Christ is not a small thing in heaven. The Bible says Jesus stood up to receive the first martyr. Stephen is coming. He's a martyr. Christ mm. is standing. All the angels are standing. I believe except Father God. Everybody in heaven is standing. Moses is standing. Abraham is standing. <laughs> Isaac is standing. Adam onwards. Everybody is standing. For who? Ovation. For Stand, Stephen. Standing ovation. <laughs> what was Stephen? In the church, he was asked to wait on the table to take care of the widows. But he died oh boy. for Christ. And Christ stands up for him. So it's not a small thing. The ones who died this week in so many places, I believe the angels, heaven stood up. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into my joy. Come, 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 children. There is no grief. The Bible says there is no grief. There is no sorrow, no sickness. So we have to see. You have to believe, yes, I miss you. I will miss you until I reach there. But absolutely I know you are mm. at a better place. <laughs> you should be you should be there crying for me. I shouldn't be crying for you. Because <laughs> you look down and you pity me, oh I reached earlier. You wish if you were here. You know, that's why there is this historian say there was a plaque inside. <laughs> Lazarus. <laughs> Lazarus never smiled. <laughs> 
Because Lazarus is supposed to have gone as a missionary to Cyprus and died there. But he never smiled because he had seen paradise. Four days he was in Abraham's bosom. He didn't even say heaven. He only saw paradise. And then he was brought back. Four days you can, one hour, two hours, you don't know. But four days you cannot escape it. You had four days of experience of paradise. And you come back and he, why did he call me back? <laughs> I told you, I had just a few glimpses in that one day and I saw you, boy. Whatever part of heaven that I saw was unbelievable. It's, there's no comparison. I mean, you, you can't even tell people, how do you describe with human words about a non-human experience? No, so you run out of words. That's what the book of Revelation is so confusing because he's a man who's seen something trying to experience in human words. So people come with 1500 and all of the interpretations have truth in it. Because how do you describe heaven when you haven't seen heaven? And trying to explain it to humans. Okay, so that should pump us up. Like I said, when you are depressed and you know it, read Revelation 21 and 22. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. But if you're depressed and you know it, read Revelation 21, 22 and read it. It's no, like, no. I told you, no, when we were tense and all of when I was childhood, finally can't handle the tension, read the last. Okay, they lived happily ever after. After that, you can read, hero is alive, hero is alive. This is our story, the real story. They lived happily ever after. In chapter 19, the hero comes on a white horse. And his girl is dressed all in white. He's done. Everybody have this. No, my, my man will come on a white horse and sweep me. Okay, that's the real story. He comes on a white horse mm-hmm. and is crowned with many crowns. It's a real story. Mm-hmm. The rest are all fake. Mm-hmm. The real story is here. This is not a fairy tale. This is a real story. And that's our end. Okay. And don't worry, even if you just scrape through, you are still on the new earth. Amen. Where there is no grief, no sorrow, live forever, eat of that leaves, healing for the nations. Don't worry where you will go. Work hard to get your rewards. But you are saved, don't worry. Okay. No jostling there, nothing there. Even if you end up only in the new earth, you are still blessed. You didn't go to hell. <laughs> Okay. And that earth will be nothing like this earth. If this earth which God created, I look at the YouTube, some of those videos, I look at it and say, boy, how beautiful it is. What do you think a sinless earth is going to be like? The new earth. Okay. So if the new earth is going to be multiple times better than this earth, what is heaven going to be like that? What is the new city going to be like that? That's why I'm not a tourist. I'll see it all later. <laughs> I have work to do now. No? So all around the world, keep your heads up. Keep your chin up. Look up. For our redemption draws near, but work hard. Mm. We need to get people into the kingdom. Cross the line, cross the line, cross the line, cross the line, cross the line. We need to cross. Sometimes we have to compile them. It's not easy to compile them. Force them. Come. Use everything that God has given you to get them into the kingdom of God. Come. That's what God said. We sang for you. We sang a dirge. We sang songs. You're doing everything. Mm. What's the whole point? Get them in. Because the time is running out. Get everybody in. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Close in prayer.
Father in heaven, we just want to thank you, Lord, for for encouraging and exhorting and comforting us this evening. Yes, Lord, your words encourage us. Your words warn us. But Lord, through it all, you comfort us. You stand beside us and fortify us. Thank you, Lord, for the testimonies that we have heard that have come from the other side. We just want to thank you for your servants who have laid down their lives only to pick it up on the other side. Thank you, Lord, for the courage, for the convictions. Thank you, Father, for the challenge that they give to us, for all of us who are in a place of relative peace, Lord. I pray, Father, that, Lord, we will take courage. We will stay on that straight and narrow path. Lord, we will be at our post, occupy till you come. Your word says, O Lord, the night is coming where no man can work. We have to work as long as it is day. I pray, Father, all of us who are of the light, all of us who are of the day, Lord, we will fasten our belts, O Lord, and we will stay on that straight and narrow path. And Lord, the work that you have entrusted into our hands, we will be found faithful to finish it until the end. To that end, I pray that you would bless each and every one of us. Encourage us and empower us with your spirit. Anoint us afresh, O Lord. Lord, enable us, Lord Jesus, to see not the visible, but the invisible. Not the temporal, but the eternal. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, once again for this time. And even as we rest tonight, we commit ourselves to you. Grant us a good night's rest and prepare us, O Lord, to be found in the house of the Lord on time tomorrow to receive from you and continuously prepare ourselves for your coming. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.